All right, everybody. Somebody go ahead and start the music. to the Prof. JC Leadership Podcast, a podcast about life, leadership, and human flourishing. My guiding philosophy is simple. What you can be, you must be. Abraham Maslow. The purpose of this podcast is to help you live an all-in life, be an all-in leader, and lead all-in teams and organizations. I'm your host, JC Hurtado Prater, yours truly. And I'm so grateful you joined me for a few moments on the podcast today. The professor is in. Well, happy Monday, everybody, and happy Memorial Day. Not just Memorial Day weekend, but Memorial Day. And I hope that in your celebration today, that you're in the middle of your relaxing today, in the middle of maybe a day off that you have today, that you will stop and take time and remember what this day is what it represents it's not veterans day it's not a day to go out and thank a veteran it's not armed forces day it's not a day to go out and thank someone who's serving in the military although you can do either one of those today is a day for us to pause here in the united states of america and to remember the sacrifices that were made for our country And I think that's a great thing for us to do. I think it's a positive thing. Now, you're talking to a U.S. Army veteran, a very patriotic person. I love this country. I wasn't born in this country, and so I have a sense of recognition of, for me personally, how lucky I am to be here. That the alternative is not what I have here in the United States of America. I am absolutely and eternally grateful. And so today's the day that we stop and we think about all of the lives who've been lost in the history of the United States, our military members who've gone out, whether it's to fight for our freedom here in the United States of America or to go abroad in the name of freedom and democracy and whatever you think about all of that. Okay, Some of you will disagree with that. Some of you think that this idea of taking our philosophy and trying to take it all over the world, it's, 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 not, it's not what we should be doing. I get that. I understand it. This is not the podcast, at least today, is not the time to, uh, that I want to take time and argue that with you or have that conversation with you. What I know is this, that like any other country in the world that has had the freedoms that we've had and the privilege that we've had, it has come at a sacrifice for somebody else. And so today is the day that we stop and say thank, thank you to the members of the armed forces over the last 200 and something years who have put their lives on the line so that we can have the freedoms that we have here in this country. And I am so grateful for each and every one of them. And I'm grateful for those who are serving today in the military. And I'm grateful for those who have served and uh, grateful for all of it. So happy Memorial Day. And I hope that today is a good day for you, uh, a day of relaxation. Hope you get the day off today. 
but I also hope it's a day where you take some time and remember why this day is important for us. Now, before we dive into Mental Models Monday, I want to say how frustrated I am with, I don't even know where to go with this. Last week, we had the fatal massacre. It's the best way to put it is a massacre. 19 children killed, two adults. The total number, I believe, was 21. And that doesn't include the, uh, the shooter, Salvador Ramos. And then from what I understand, 17 other people who are still in the hospital, at least at the time that I'm recording this podcast, some in critical condition. Kids, kids, children. I'm not going to make this political. Today is not the day for this. But when are we going to, when is enough going to be enough? I'm going to talk about this later in the week. Systems thinking, I'm a huge fan of this idea of systems thinking. So I'm going to talk about this either on Wednesday or Friday on the podcast, one of those days, because my class that I teach, I teach a Wednesday night class for Point Loma Nazarene, and it's on human resources, but we're talking about systems thinking. And it happened to be around the time that this massacre happened. So we decided to put systems thinking to figure out how can we solve this problem? And what you're going to see in the podcast when I talk about systems thinking is the reality is uh, that this could be an unsolvable problem in the United States of America. Just like poverty. How do you solve poverty? I don't know if you can. In the structures and the way that the DNA, how our country has been formed. I don't know if these things can be done. So that's for another conversation. I hope you listen to this. I'm going to talk about systems thinking. And I'm going to talk about the beauty of systems thinking as well as, and I haven't figured out the word yet. Danger is not the right word. Maybe sadness. The beauty and the sadness of systems thinking. And I'll tell you why. That's, that's really important and how it concerns the situation that's happening. But, you know, I, I, I just have to tell you, I have to be honest with you, and I have to say that I'm, I'm sad. I'm feeling it. I'm devastated by this. I was sharing with another class. I'm not sure if maybe it's because I, I'm a father of a seven-year-old. She's getting ready to turn seven. She's in elementary school. And I think, my God, somebody walked onto a campus and, 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 and this happened. And, and today, 19 parents. 19 family units, an entire community destroyed because of this. The toll that this will take on this community for years to come. I'm thinking about the surviving kids. We're starting to hear more stories about what they experienced. These nightmares will be ongoing for them, possibly for the rest of their lives. They will be scarred because of this. So I don't know if it's because of that. Maybe I'm a parent. I don't know if it's because I'm an Afro-Latino. And these are brown children, beautiful brown children that I'm thinking about. I don't know if it's maybe because, and I don't want to get too far into this, but there were a lot of failures. I'm a systems person. We'll talk about this later in the week on the podcast. I'm a systems person, and there were a lot of systems failures. This was one massive system cluster 
you're in the military, you know what I, I would say right there. One master systems failure that caused this to happen. And 40 minutes, 40 minutes potentially that the gun person was in the room with these kids. It's not the podcast for this. We need to get on here with mental models. I'm just venting to you. And I hope at some point, maybe in the future, this can come to an end. I heard about two different countries, and I'm going to let this go because I'm going to start getting political here. Britain, UK. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The UK and Australia. In Australia, 1996, they had a mass shooting. So one of my students told me the other night. They had a mass shooting in Australia. And they just got rid of the weapons. They got rid of guns. Never had a mass shooting again. Britain, same thing. Had a mass shooting. I don't know, sometime in the 90s. Hope my friend wasn't telling about the same story. I don't think he was. I think there's two different stories here. But they had the same thing. They took away all weapons. They haven't had a mass shooting since then. It's not just that. It's not, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's just a gun lobby. It's just a gun issue. It's yes, there's reforms that need to happen in that situation. How an 18 year old can walk into a building and, and, and on his 18th birthday and get an AR 15. That is beyond me. I don't understand that. But there was also a lot of failures on that day. Campus safety reform. There's so much we have to talk about here. We'll wait. I'll wait. I'm going to get too much into this. My heart is heavy. That's what I'm trying to tell you on this Memorial day a day that we celebrate and we remember the people whose lives have been lost for the freedoms of our country. I'm thinking about these kids and we should not be having to think about them on this Memorial Day weekend. We should not be thinking about kids that are 10 years of age and younger having to give their lives because of incompetence and systems failures. (sighs) Okay, we got to move on. Mental Models Monday. We will talk more about what I'm talking about already. I'm not going to let this go just yet. We'll talk more about it this week. Systems failures. The beauty and the sadness of systems thinking. That's maybe that's what we'll entitle it. Let's move on. Today, we're going to talk about the circle of competence. That's the, this is the mental model that we're going to talk about. And I've got this off of fs.blog. And the article is titled, Understanding Your Circle of Competence, How Warren Buffett Avoids Problems. And this is great because how I first heard of mental models was through Warren Buffett's partner, Charlie Munger. Here's what the article has to say. Understanding your circle of competence helps you avoid problems, identify opportunities for improvement, and learn from others. The concept of the circle of competence has been used over the years by Warren Buffett as a way to focus investors on only operating in areas they knew best. The bones of the concept appear in his 1996 shareholder letter. You can actually link to it. I won't link to it uh, here, but if you go to this article on FS blog, mental models, just Google mental models, Warren Buffett, FS blog, FS dot blog. I'm sorry. You'll be able to link to that shareholder letter, but here's an excerpt from that letter. What an investor needs is the ability to correctly evaluate selected businesses. Note that word selected. You don't have to be an expert on every company or even many. You only have to be able to evaluate companies within your circle of competence. Okay, So what you know, what you understand. The size of that circle is not very important. Knowing its boundaries, however, is vital. The article goes on to talk about the circle of competence. 
Circle of competence is simple. Each of us, through experience or study, has built up useful knowledge or uh, on certain areas of the world. Some areas are understood by most of us, while some areas require a lot more specialty to evaluate. For example, most of us have a basic understanding of the economics of a restaurant. You rent or buy space, spend money to outfit the place, and then hire employees to seat, serve, cook, and clean. And if you don't want to do it yourself, you manage. From there, it's a matter of generating enough traffic and setting the appropriate prices to generate a profit on the food and drinks you serve after all of your operating expenses have been paid. Though the, uh, though the cuisine, atmosphere, and price points will vary by restaurant, they all, have, uh, they all follow the same economic formula. That basic knowledge, along with some understanding of accounting and a little bit of study, would enable one to evaluate and invest in any number of restaurants and restaurant chains, public or private, it's not all that complicated. However, can most of us say we understand the workings of a microchip company or a biotech drug company at the same level? Probably not, perhaps not. But as Buffett so eloquently put it, we do not necessarily need to understand these more esoteric areas to invest capital. Far more important is to honestly define what we do know and stick to those areas. Our circle of competence can be widened, but only slowly and over time. Mistakes are most often made when strained from this discipline. The circle of competence applies outside of investing. Buffett describes the circle of competence of one of his business managers, a Russian immigrant with poor English who built the largest furniture store in Nebraska. And here's what Buffett has to say. I couldn't have given her $200 million worth of Berkshire Hacks. Berkshire Hathaway stock when I bought the business because she didn't, she doesn't understand stock. She understands cash. She understands furniture. She understands real estate. She doesn't understand stock, so she doesn't have anything to do with him. If you deal with Mrs. B, so this is the person who, she's a Russian immigrant with poor English who built the largest furniture store in Nebraska. Above it says, if you deal with Mrs. B and what I would call her circle of competence, She's going to buy 5,000 end tables this afternoon if the price is right. She's going to go buy 20 different carpets in odd lots and everything else like that. He snaps his finger because she understands carpet. She wouldn't buy 100 shares of General Motors if it was at 50 cents a share. The article goes on to state, it did not hurt Mrs. B to have such a narrow era of competence, area of competence. In fact, one could argue the opposite. Her rigid devotion to that area allowed her to focus. Only with that focus could she overcome her handicaps and achieve such extreme success. And I think that's what we're talking about here today. That's what this article is talking about. That's what this mental model is all about. Focus, focus, focus. The article goes on. In fact, Charlie Munger takes this concept outside of business altogether and into the realm of life in general. <clears throat> Excuse me. The essential question he sought to answer where should we devote our limited time in life to achieve the most success? Charlie's simple prescription, here's what he has to say. You have to figure out what your own aptitudes are. If you play games where other people have the aptitudes and you don't, you're going to lose. And that's as close to certain as, many prediction, as any prediction that you can make. You have to figure out where you've got an edge. And you've got to play within your own circle of competence. 
If you want to be the best tennis player in the world, you may start out trying and soon find out that it's hopeless, that other people blow right by you. However, if you want to become the best plumbing contractor in Bemidji, that is probably doable by two-thirds of you. It takes a will. It takes the intelligent. But after a while, you'd gradually know all about the plumbing business in Bemidji and master the art. That that is an attainable objective given enough discipline. And people who can never win a chess tournament or stand in center, in center court in a respectable tennis tournament can rise quite high in life by slowly developing a circle of competence, which results partly from what they were born with and partly from what they slowly develop through work. And what's Charlie Munger talking about, the circle of competence? Find out what only you can do and focus your life there and do it extremely well. The article goes on, so the simple takeaway here is clear. If you want to improve your odds of success in life and business, then define the perimeter of your circle of competence and operate inside of it. Over time, work to expand that circle, but never fool yourself about where it stands today and never be afraid to say, I don't know. Circle of competence. Well, what does this mean? It means you figure out what you are good at, what you can do best. And then dive into that area. Put all of your time and research and energy training in that area. And that's when you're going to see uh, more growth in your life. Versus, okay, here's an example for someone like myself. I, I think I could be a decent speaker. I think I can be a decent teacher, a really good teacher. I think in those two areas, teaching especially, facilitating, I think in all of that area, I can shine. I am not going to shine on the football field. I'm not going to shine on the basketball court. I'm not going to shine as a dancer. I'm not going to shine as a medical doctor, a nurse. So if I tried to do all of those things, I could if I wanted to. I mean, I could, right? I could go after any of those if I wanted to. I'm not going to have great success. But what I can do is work to become a master teacher, a master speaker, a master facilitator, and a master writer, right? Got to write books and research, all that kind of stuff. I can work to do that. That's my circle of competence. Same goes for you. And then all of my energy, if I, if I need to figure out where am I going to focus my life, well, it's right there. It's right there in that circle of competence. Become a master teacher, a master writer, a master speaker. There was one more in there that I can't remember. A master facilitator. That's it. And all of my work needs to surround that. How do I become best at these things right here? Okay, same goes for you. How do we figure out where we're good? And, and really, the clues are already there. You know what you're best at right now. Often, we don't want to accept it. And so we try to move on from there and go into other areas because we just don't want to accept that, hey, actually, we're really good in this area. So my recommendation to you, figure out what that circle of competence is. You already know. You already know. You already know. You already know. As I'm saying this, you already know. And give your time and energy, your, your time and energy to that circle. That's our Mental Models Monday for you. Again, happy Memorial Day, and uh, I hope you will join me. I, I know that this is not enough. This is not enough, and I'm saying what I'm so tired of hearing Christians say. I heard somebody say this on, on, uh, on Twitter the other day, basically to the point of, now I'm going back to the massacre that happened last week. 
they were making the point of saying Jesus is the answer. And I just wanted to throw up in my mouth because now I'm a Christian. I'm a faith-based person. But I also understand that Jesus was a man of action. Jesus was revolutionary. He spoke truth to power. So this idea of just saying words to get likes, this doesn't make sense. Jesus, come on. What I do believe is in the power of prayer. I do believe in hope. I do believe in, in positive thinking. But it is not enough. It's not enough. More work needs to be done. I'll see you in the next episode. Hope you will join me in thoughts and prayers. That's the point I'm trying to make here. I hope that you will join me in thoughts and prayers for these families in Uvalde, Texas, a community transformed for all eternity will never be the same. I hope you'll join me in thinking about them, praying for them, sending them positive wishes, sending them love. And if you can do something, donate to them, donate to the Memorial Fund. I don't know what else we can do right now. Whatever we can do, let's do it. I'll see you in the next episode. Take care. listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we offer episodes just like this three times every week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Subscribe to my podcast, the Prop JC Leadership Podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart.com, anywhere you get your podcast, and be the first to get your episodes three times every week. I'll see you soon.